0: Manned runaway boat traveling 40 miles per hour. Why, you ask? Because the boat's operator fell off with the keys in the ignition. Deputies pull up to the side of that runaway vessel before one jumps on board, gets it under control, and we will speak with that brave deputy tomorrow here on News Nation Now at 3 Eastern. I'm Nicole Burley. That's all for News Nation Now. I thank you so much for watching this Monday. Let's give you a quick look at our primetime lineup. But first, the biggest headlines out of our nation's capital. The Hill starts right now.
1: On the attack, former President Donald Trump goes after everyone, from his former Vice President Mike Pence to the U.S. Women's World Cup soccer team to look at Trump's fight to win back the White House, plus Mitch McConnell met with chance of ditch Mitch, why they're calling for his resignation, his home state of Kentucky after a recent health scare, and the battle of the billionaires. How Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are duking it out over plans for a charity fight. The Hill on NewsNation starts right now. I'm Leland Vitter. And happy Monday to all those who celebrate. We've got a great panel with us Chris Steyerwald, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Julia Manchester, national political reporter at The Hill. Cassie Smedley, former RNC deputy comms director and former executive director of the America Rising Pact. Johanna Mosca, former Obama official News Nation contributor. Joining us remotely for the first part of the show, the one and only Sean Spicer former Trump White House press secretary, News Nation political contributor. Nice to see all of you. The deadline has now passed for former President Trump's legal team to respond to a request for a protective order in his latest criminal case. A protective order would bar Trump from discussing discovery evidence. This is evidence given by the prosecution to the Trump defense team. The deadline passing comes after Mr. Trump spent the weekend attacking Jack Smith. Here he was on Saturday in South Carolina.
2: Virtually every
3: poll, we're kicking Biden's ass. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And if I wasn't, if I wasn't, we wouldn't be under investigation by deranged Jack Smith. He's a deranged human being. You take a look at that face, you say, that guy is a sick man, there's something wrong with him.
1: And this morning on True Social, Mr. Trump called Judge Chutkin the judge of Jack Smith's dreams who must be recused. Trump also said the protective order would impinge upon my right to free speech and comparing what he is going through to third world countries. All right, Chris Steierwalt with us uh, to start this off. Trump's always at his best when he is the aggrieved victim, is he not?
4: That's his best? I don't seems know. seems to do pretty well. When I, <laughs> I, think, I think Donald Trump is at his best when he's scared and he is willing to show a little humanity. And uh, We haven't gotten to that part no, yet. No, no, you've seen it throughout. The, Donald Trump has run his best when he has been a little scared. I don't know whether this is just braggadocio and he is doing it because he is scared and he'll get to the scared part later. Uh, but this is not Donald Trump at his best. And this is, of course, exactly what Democrats want. They want Donald Trump uh, to be harmed in the general with the general electorate, uh, and helped in the Republican primary electorate. And that, so far, Trump is del- delivering on on that premise.
1: All right, so we understand he has made the deadline now with, with this filing. Uh, do I guess my my question would be, uh, Julia, where do, where does this go in terms of the judge can issue a protective order? Uh, how many different staff members have tried to get Donald Trump to stop tweeting, talking, doing things? Is is a, is a judge's order really going to stop him?
0: You know, it doesn't seem like it is, and I think Trump is going to be Trump, not to be a cliche. He's going to keep talking, and I don't know what's going to stop him at this point. He's going to do what he wants to do. Like Chris said, this is something that he believes plays well with his primary base. I think Democrats, like Chris said, are looking at this and being very excited because it's not going to play as well with the general election, but he's sees the polling within the Republican primary, and it seems like he's getting some sort of a sugar high. He sees these indictments as helping him. Now, the fundraising and him burning through cash and that, that part of it, that's another conversation. But right now, he's looking at these polls, or it seems like he is, and he's getting, he's getting excited.
1: Yeah, he keeps working. Uh, Sean Spicer, to you, uh, really, we all have heard the advice over and over and over again, not from Donald Trump's own lawyers, but from lawyers on television, stop talking on and on. Uh, Is this setting up a showdown? If Donald Trump said, you know, hey, indict me a third time and I'm going to be guaranteed to be president. Is he just going to dare this judge to to issue this order and then throw him in jail if he violates it?
3: It seems so. I mean, look, there's the legal piece of this and there's the political piece. And politically speaking, he has benefited now on three Uh, separate indictments and and his poll numbers his fundraising numbers go up obviously uh julie brought up the burn rate that's a separate subject but the bottom line is politically speaking he has seen the benefits of being indicted and i think no lawyer is going to tell him to stop his view is hey you deal with the
1: legal piece of this i'll do the political all right johanna how from a democratic perspective this sort of couldn't be working out better could
5: it I mean, Leland. I, as an American, <laughs> yes, as an American. Yes. Look, but truly, as an American, I don't want Donald Trump any closer to the White House again. I think he showed his cards when he decided to deny the election results and lead to January 6th. I would like another candidate to emerge. I'm not seeing the viable path for them, which is concerning, but I'm very worried about this tinderbox we're creating right now because very likely he'll shore up the nomination by Super Tuesday. Then you've got a situation where there's already distrust, you've got Trump playing this to Truth Social, and you've got the Democrats believing that he should be in jail tomorrow. And so this tinderbox, if we don't have people getting the information they need, like they're actually seeing it for themselves right now, it's not televised, this could be really just an inflamed moment of more division, and I worry about that future for us and for our kids.
4: Please don't let them televise it. I I beg of you, if you don't want a tinderbox, don't put cameras in that courtroom.
5: I don't know, Chris, the problem is, he's going to go out every day that something happens and he's going to say what he believed happened, and then you've got somebody else saying what they believed happened, and we saw that with just the Hunter Biden testimony of his business partner. It's like nobody believes anything anymore. I actually agree. Hey, I think Leland. having it
6: televised gives to the gets there's no he said she said. Everybody can see for themselves, which is what we need, because right now it's we're
1: now on televising the trial. We're taking a few leagues. Just a few leagues here. Let's bring it back here. Um, the shocking and totally unexpected loss by the US women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic of what is happening to our Great nation under crooked Joe Biden. Many of our players were openly hostile to America. No other country behaved in such a manner or even close. Woke equals failure. Nice shot, Megan. The USA is going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> the now USA I go. is
5: going to hell. <laughs> All
3: right, Cassie.
1: Um, I, really, I, I get that this fires up a certain segment of the Republican vo- vote. And Mr. Steyerwalt will point out that Donald Trump has a floor and he also has a ceiling. Have you seen any indications that what's going on now is breaking through the ceiling?
6: So two things. One, never underestimate Donald Trump's ability to get in the conversation, whether it's the women's World Cup match or, or a trial or indictment, turning it to his own soundbite. But here's what I think is interesting, and this is where other Republican candidates need to aware, is that they've got to break through. Because yes, what I have seen from everything from my own personal family text chains to polling is that people are going, ah, this is the Donald Trump that was interesting in 2016. Joe Biden's not good. Donald Trump was pretty good for my 401K. Donald Trump was pretty good for my gas tank. And th- the more that they see him versus Joe yeah. Biden, the more that they can recall that. And other Republicans, if they've got any chance, because I- I'm with you, Joe Haley. I think everybody wants to have a new, fresh slate of candidates on no, both no, 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 sides. The no polling, the polling
1: shows this. that completely. Yeah. Completely. Look, we-, we had Doug Bergamon on. Uh, on balance. He's coming up. We pre-taped it. He'll be on tonight at 7 o'clock. But I think, Julia, there's a real frustration among a lot of the Republican candidates that they just can't get any airtime. They can't get any oxygen. And if they get any airtime, It's solely to talk about their reaction to Donald Trump.
0: Absolutely. And there's also frustration, I think, among Republican consultants and strategists about why these candidates don't attack Donald Trump and be more aggressive with him. Of course, there's a huge risk to that strategy. We don't know if that will work out. I think we'll remember in 2016 when Marco Rubio tried to do that. Didn't work out so well for him. But in terms of other candidates breaking through, I cover Ron DeSantis quite a bit. And it's been really interesting to watch him over the past week or so. Make these comments that almost differentiate himself from Trump. Today, he said this in Iowa. He said this that Trump uh, lost the election. Joe Biden is the president. It was probably one of the most definitive moments in which he's made. Stunning
1: that, that just saying that is definitive. Exactly. It sort of exactly. tells you, it, it shows you where, you where we're at. Yeah. Uh, let's turn now to someone who is standing by Trump. Our next guest argues there should have been a, quote, much, much higher bar for indicting the former president because Trump is the frontrunner for the Republican. Nomination with us now, Republican Congressman from Florida, Michael Waltz, who's endorsed Trump's re-election bid. Good to see you, Congressman. Appreciate it. Uh, the script yeah, here says you that much. you are standing by Trump. You think that's a fair characterization?
7: Oh, sure. Yeah, that's fair.
1: All right. Uh, we had Doug Bergamon earlier, and, and he, will, he will, will play the full interview a little later. But in it, he refuses to talk about Donald Trump. He says elections are about the future. And I am wondering... Just put aside right and wrong for a second, uh, which is important, but politics are important as well. And how does the Republican Party talk to an electorate that we know by polling does not care about the last election, doesn't really care about necessarily Joe Biden and Hunter Biden in the Justice Department. They care about uh, the economy. They care about national security. They care about schools. They don't care about uh, Donald Trump's indictment.
7: Yeah, Leland, I, I'd actually challenge you on the premise of your question. I'm, I'm in my district uh, quite a bit. It's one of the most conservative districts in Florida, uh, and they absolutely do care about what's happening with Biden. They absolutely care about what's happening with Hunter. They care uh, if somehow this, the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief, is compromised by our greatest adversary that's breathing down our neck in terms of the size of their military putting a fleet off the coast of Alaska side by side with the Russians, uh, supporting the Russians in the war in Ukraine, uh, and oh, by the way, could be compromised uh, by one of the most corrupt businesses, Burisma, uh, in Ukraine. So I think they care quite a bit. And taking it into President Trump uh, into account, uh, the thing the Americans hate the most, and what I'm hearing left, right and center, is they hate things that are unfair. Uh, And what appears to be uneven justice when you see Biden, uh, Hunter, uh, despite multiple whistleblowers, credible FBI informants coming out of the woodwork, being treated with kid gloves, yet it seems like everything but the kitchen sinks being thrown not just at a former president, but a sitting political candidate and the leading political candidate. Leo and I've served in places in Africa, Pakistan, and elsewhere where this happens all the time. But I never thought I'd see it here, and this is exactly what we're seeing. All right,
1: fair fair enough. Uh, YouGov poll, after the 2020 election, Trump planned to stay in office by illegal means 51 percent, stay in office by legal means 29 percent, did not plan to stay um, in office. Telling in terms of where the American people think Donald Trump is, you talked about your district. and. Forgive the personal privilege. I know I know North Florida well, not quite as well as you do. You're talking about Volusia County, which is where Daytona Beach is, Flagler County, St. John's, beautiful part of the country. Also very, very, very conservative part That's right. of the country and very, and very Trumpy part of the country. And it's very different there than it is in suburban Atlanta, uh, suburban Charlotte, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Phoenix. I can go through the cities. But sure. the voters that the Republicans are going to need to win the general election and win the White House are are not the voters of Florida's sixth congressional district.
7: Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, when you're seeing Leon and polling, I mean, heck, just this last week, not not a conservative internal poll, a New York Times poll showing the president uh, in a dead heat uh, with uh, President Biden. Look, I mean, i I'd give if it's a New York Times poll, I think it's probably undercounting Trump by a three, four points. So those same suburbanites care about crime, which is out of control, care about gas pumps, uh, care about their kids being indoctrinated in school, parents being labeled as domestic terrorists, uh, and they care about uneven justice. I just had two independents walk up to me uh, this past week and say, I wasn't planning on voting I, for him I, again. I, I'll I, vote I hear for you. him now. Uh, and uh, so I hear you. I, I think those issues, those issues are going to resonate, and those are the issues of the future, whether it's the border, crime, Middle East, peace, or China. And they like what right, they but, right, but President Trump, and they don't like what they're seeing now.
1: I, I agree with you. Those are the, are the issues of the future. We can quibble whether the New York Times poll is undercounting or overcounting. I think the question would be, given the state of the economy as you've described it, right track, wrong track numbers, all the issues right now that is facing the Biden mm. administration, including the Hunter Biden issues— Why isn't the Republican candidate up by five or 10 points?
7: Well, I mean, look, I think because if you look at, for example, mainstream media coverage just this past Sunday, not a single minute was given to the Devin Archer testimony, which was explosive and damning and at a minimum showed Joe Biden to be a liar uh, at a minimum in front of the entire nation. And if, you know, you play it out, uh, could show a serious, serious level of corruption and compromise. So when, when you have a key part of the electorate that doesn't even know about uh, what's going on, then that's going to present an issue. Uh, and, and look, and I'll go back to my statement that you started with. We have a leading political candidate. I would have thought somebody in the DOJ would have had some type of prosecutorial discretion to say, you know what, maybe we ought to think twice we want to talk about how divisive this all is to the nation. Uh, this is only going to divide it further.
1: Well, there's no question about that in terms of what in what it's done. And I think you make a great point that there's there is a percentage, a large percentage of the electorate that just doesn't hear uh, much about Devon Archer uh, and in that testimony and what's been
7: going or on the there. Uh, or co- the fact that you have an informant saying that uh, that the Ukrainian a Ukrainian oligarch has 17 yeah. tapes. Uh, of Biden. This is a credible form in a form they tried to hide. You guys have covered it, uh, but the mainstream media is not. We have,
1: and we've been skeptical of it, I, th- I think, as, as anyone should be, until they until you actually see or hear Fair or get enough. some solid evidence. Hey, Congressman, it's good to see you. Enjoy right. the break in Florida, and we'll talk soon, sir.
7: Thank you. Appreciate it, Leland.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Sean Spicer with us. Uh, Sean, look, I, I get it in following the numbers during the general, during primary season. But uh, do you really buy that suburban Atlanta and Western Pennsylvania, you were there in 2016. Do these voters really, are they gonna really be swung and cared by Devin Archer and Hunter Biden and whether Donald Trump's being being wronged?
3: Well, there's two things. One, you gotta win the primary first right now. I'm not a big fan of national polls for for reasons, both in the primary and the general, but if you just, they do give us a guide. Right now, the real clear average has Trump at 54% in the Republican primary and the closest competitor to DeSantis at 16. That's a 38-point spread. I mean, that just tells you, I mean, we keep talking about all these challenges to Trump, over half the electorate's already with him in the primary. Then we get to the general, and the proposition keeps being, well, he can win the primary, but he can't win the general. The New York Times-Siena poll that just came out has them both tied at 43%. The bottom line is nationally, that's a tie race. And then when you look at the eight states that this is really gonna be run at, you mentioned Atlanta and Georgia, you mentioned Pennsylvania, there's eight states this is gonna come down to. It really doesn't matter what happens in California, or Texas or Florida or Massachusetts. Eight states are going to determine this election. And the bottom line is is that there's a variety of factors. You need to motivate your base. You need to keep those people who who think that Donald Trump has been wronged and who understand what he's going to fight for to come out. And then you've got to get the independents of some of them. But this is a base plus election, and they always have been since 2004. So this idea of the suburban mom, I mean, if she's not with Trump and she hasn't been with him the last two elections, she's not going to be with him. All right.
1: I, I, I got to run, but thank you. Uh, I know you're with us for the uh, next panel as well. Uh, speaking of the other side uh, of this debate that Congressman Walsh just brought up, Donald Trump's allies are shifting their political attack strategy. The targets now are President Biden and his son, Hunter News Nation's Blake Berman. Chief Washington correspondent is live with more. Hi, Blake.
8: <clears throat> Hi there, Leland. For the first time, the Super PAC that backs Donald Trump has released an ad going you're right directly after President Biden. I'm told it's a nearly two million dollar or so cable ad buy to run through the next week. Now the shift here is from going after Ron DeSantis, which is what MAGA Inc. the Super PAC had been doing, and now pivoting over to the attention of President Biden. Now what's interesting here is there is no mention of President Biden's record while in office, no mention of his policy positions as well. Instead. It focuses on the Justice Department and what this Super PAC claims to be corruption from the president and his family. Hunter Biden is directly name checked. Now, Super PACs, as you know, cannot coordinate with candidates. They cannot uh, directly coordinate with campaigns. But over the weekend, Trump made it very clear that he is not going to hold back when it comes to President Biden and his family.
3: I never hit him that hard because I had to respect the office of the president, the office of the presidency. And I did. I had great respect. So I'd talk as a politician would talk about somebody, but I never hit him this hard. But when they indicted their political opponent and they did that, I said, now the gloves are off.
8: Now the gloves are off, he says. Take a look at this, by the way. A new poll from ABC News shows that the country basically evenly divided when it comes to whether or not an impeachment inquiry should occur looking into President Biden and his son's business dealings. You see the numbers there, 39 to 38. In that same poll, by the way, Leland, 46 percent said they do not believe that the Justice, uh, Justice Department's handling into the Hunter Biden matter is happening fairly and independently.
1: And puts 54 percent on the other side, although not all saying that it was fair and independent. Blake, thank you very much. Uh, All right, Chris. Uh,
4: The glove now. Now the the globe is very nice.
1: (laughs) Prior to this,
4: uh, former president was very nice to Joe Biden. But now he's really going to lean into it. You can just you can see. (laughs) Uh, Look, Donald Trump wants to. Make this about Joe Biden, and he wants to create a binary choice for Republicans. Do you stand with Donald Trump or do you stand with Joe Biden? And there is a general election strategy in this that we've talked about here before, which is to say, look, everybody's a criminal. They're all criminals. I'm the criminal that will cut your taxes, that will bring down gas prices. Uh, And in a fallen, broken world, why not choose an advocate who's on your side? And It's not pretty, but I think you heard from Walt sort of the apotheosis of that sort of argument. Ask him a question about Trump, you're going to get an answer about Hunter Biden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that works for Trump in the Republican primary, works against his challengers. But what I would say about all of this with these polls, 44 to 44 is not a tie, because that means there is a substantial undecided. And if that undecided breaks at all like it did in 2020— Donald Trump would get swamped right he'd get he'd get blown out uh, and that's what Democrats are banking on is that Trump can use this stuff to push his way through the primary mm. get to the general election and those gross that the simplest way I can put it is in 2020 Uh, people who disliked both candidates broke heavily for Joe Biden, and that's what they're hoping will happen again. The question I have
5: is, you know, if you want to go after kids, (laughs) you can go after the kids of the Trumps, too. And they were actually in the administration before. And Jared Kushner. And Jared Kushner, in the administration, left, got millions in investment from the Saudis. I, I just don't see the strategy. You can't compare trying to overthrow the government to a child selling access. And though I think it's sick and it should never have happened. It's a child, not the president.
1: All okay. right. No, that, 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 that will be that's the argument on the other side. Go. Go. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. R- rumping. Her- rumping. All right. Uh, Sean Spicer, stay. thank you very much. We appreciate you being with us for the top of the show coming up, demanding answers. Gold Star families talk before lawmakers asking for the truth about the deadly U.S. troop withdrawal from Afghanistan. What they had to say two years after these searing pictures when we come back.
2: All of them were the parents of those service members who were killed during that ISIS-K suicide bombing outside the Kabul airport in Afghanistan back in 2021. We've heard from them before, but this is the first time they were in a congressional setting officially uh, this afternoon. And their stories, a lot of them, incredibly personal. Clearly, they're still angry. There are still many who are processing the losses of their children in the line of duty. Here's just a little bit of what we heard today.
0: When our leaders, including the Secretary of Defense and our Commander-in-Chief, call this evacuation a success as if there should be celebration, it is like a knife in the heart for our families. And for the people who came back. They told me, Mom, I, I now know that the com- the command cares nothing for us. My son,
2: these 12 others left this earth thinking that their command cared nothing for them. So all of them expressed in one way or another, they feel that the military leaders, the current administration have not acknowledged That they made mistakes that led to the deaths of their family members. They're now asking for a deeper level of accountability than what they're getting now. And they want to know specifics. Who made the call to keep Abbey Gate open while there was a real threat of an attack? They want to know who was calling the shots on the ground that really led to the chaotic situation. And they wanted to know why a sniper who believed he had the bomber in his sights was not given the green light to engage. So uh, I'm told that a lot of these families want to keep the pressure on Congress and the Biden administration uh, trying to get clarity on some of those questions, Leland. I'm also told that it is possible there are further hearings in the near future with these families testifying again as well.
1: All right. Joe Cleel, thank you very much. Back now uh, with the panel. Look, we can all agree that what happened in Afghanistan was awful. We all remember covering it mm-hmm. and and how it, it was without question a black stain on, on America and on American values, on and on and on. Net, net, all that said, we move to the politics of it. Is this something that matters for Democrats, you think, in 2024?
5: I think it does. Um, look, I wish that Joe Biden, in the aftermath of those images of people clinging to a plane to get to America, could say, you know, these images show that the world needs a United States of America that could help. The world, and right now we're so divided. Um, He didn't say that, um, and also a head didn't roll afterwards on his own team, um, which is a problem. Now, does that give Donald Trump, who initially negotiated with the Taliban, the upper hand? I'm not sure that I buy that. If they had a better national security uh, person,
1: I I say this respectfully, and I'll let the panel get in a second, but there's a lot of my reporting, at least individually, that would say. The person whose head would have to roll in the end who was ultimately responsible was the commander-in-chief, and it was his decision— And it was his orders against the advice of all of those surrounding. But there are a lot of people, there
5: are a lot of people who are supposed to ask a lot of questions before it gets there. And that's the one thing I always talk about, you know, people make all of these politics like the decisions and the hardest decision a president ever faces is, are you going to, you know, go in and drone strike? You could have Americans die if you don't take this drone strike, but you could kill children if you do the drone strike. I mean, they're complex issues. They knew the American sentiment was on the side of getting out of this war, and that we know. Now, I will say, if the Democrats had taken and all of the injured military personnel in the aftermath of the Soleimani attack in Iran and Iran, and brought everybody to Congress to testify, I just don't know that we want to set that precedent. Um, I think it was a terrible uh, event pulling out of Afghanistan the way we did, but Americans largely wanted to pull out of Afghanistan, right. and he did that.
1: All right, we got to run, but we, we, we this discussion will continue sometime I'm sure. between now and next November. <laughs> Coming up, heckled in his home state, Senator Mitch McConnell got booed at a weekend political event and is facing calls to retire our voters from his own party turning against him.
4: glad Governor Bashir finally decided to come to Fancy Farm. It's been the first Saturday in August for 143 years.
1: All right, that was Senator Mitch McConnell this weekend at Kentucky's annual Fancy Farm barbecue, the 81-year-old's health. It's been a concern around <laughs> Washington. Put it mildly, McConnell has represented Kentucky in the Senate for nearly four decades. It is the longest-serving Senate party leader. Currently, the minority leader obviously has a couple of health issues, 81 years old. He says he can run for re-election in 2026. Chris, should somebody remind that crowd that was chanting retire that they actually have a say in whether he does or does not retire?
4: And they're the ones who voted and elected him? I think a little context might be helpful on what Fancy Please. Farm is. Uh, and it's a cool institution. Uh, it's, you know, since the earth cooled uh, on the first Saturday <laughs> in August, uh, it's this big political conclave they have in Kentucky. And you it's like a straw poll in the sense people trying to motivate their supporters to go there and chant this and chant that and do the other thing. Um, so I don't think Mitch McConnell was surprised to have a hostile reaction. The other thing is Mitch McConnell is not popular in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, And every time he's up for re-election in the past... Now, I don't know whether he really will run again. uh, But in the past, when he's been up for re-election, two things happen. A Republican says, I'm going to primary this guy and we're going to take him out because he's not popular because he's an establishment squish, and that person loses. And then the Democrats spend enough money to burn a wet elephant in Kentucky because they're going to knock out Mitch McConnell, and then he wins again. Uh, And usually by more than what was estimated. All of that is interesting, but what's important is that the Republicans have a good Senate map in the coming cycle. And Mitch McConnell is the only person that we know of that can unite the Republican senators around their favorite thing to do, which is to get reelected and they hope retake the majority. And when you look at West Virginia, when you look at Ohio, when you look at Montana, you see some 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 shots to easy or very probable wins for Republicans, and that would put the majority in their hands. With Mitch McConnell and the condition that he's in and after that episode that he had, uh, the, and I hear it, I know everybody hears it, I'm sure Julia hears it, the anxiety among Republicans in the Republican Senate conference about whether Mitch McConnell, who's the only thing that's holding them together uh, right now, whether he's going to be able to be of the strength that he once was going into this cycle is a wide open question.
1: All right, Cassie, is that a well-founded thought?
6: Yeah, and well-articulated. Uh, just to underscore, heckling is the part of the sport of fancy farm. So I think that context. Are is you important. a Kentuckian? I'm not. But I am a fancy. I am actually a Kentucky
4: colonel. Did
5: you know that?
1: (laughs) Well, if you can like, be one, that says all we need to know uh, about. As Kentucky a Virginian, I was made a
5: Kentucky Colonel. Oh, I was that like, is like
1: a I want, I want that in my
5: epitaph. I, right. I, I think I, establishment squish it. should go up on a bull. I'm still stuck on wet elephants.
1: Never, never, never tried. Look, I think though that this Cassie brings up an important point, right? Senate's generational breakdown: Silent Generation, eight percent; Boomer, sixty-six percent; Gen X, twenty-three; Millennial, only. Three um, uh, percent. Democrats have this problem. Okay, Diane Feinstein, who just signed over power of attorney to her daughter, but still seems to think that she can represent the people of California. How that works, I don't know. But Republicans have an equal problem with this. You got Chuck Grassley. You got Mitch McConnell. How, how do Republicans motivate a young Republican base when you've got people who are that old and say we want to kick out the establishment Democrats? When you got people who are that old.
6: First of all, Chuck Grassley's Twitter is fire. That's how I learned about corn being knee-high by July. Thank you, Chuck Grassley. But I will say that's two things, and Chris touched on this. Mitch McConnell, the tactician, and he knows the Senate and the Senate. I was only a Senate staffer for seven months and it's complicated and there's a lot of variables and a lot of factors and he keeps it all together and, and he is the true north of the caucus. Um, most even on the left wish they could have that. I mean, just look at the judges that are now justices. That's Mitch McConnell's doing and conservatives will always give him grace because of that. So I think that's notable there, is, you know, Chris like no one can beat him because at the end of the day people have to respect the work that he's well done.
1: and I think Chris you made a very good point before that he was able to have both carrots and sticks and he was an enforcer and he could he could sort of wield power over the Republican caucus and across the board in the Republican caucus in a way few people can you could also make the same argument for how Joe Biden both acted in the Senate and now continues to act uh, as president in terms of his strength in the Repo- in the Democratic Party. Here he is today at the Houston Astros who won the World Series at the White House. Boo. Okay, we know about the uh, Houston Astros. Uh, and, but they evidently have a very old manager, 74 years old, and Joe Biden had a, a, a thought about the manager's age. Take a listen.
4: Dusty, it wasn't easy. People counted you out saying you're past your prime. Hell, I know something about that. <laughs>
0: Very good. Okay. <laughs> well, kind of embracing he it. Finally a little. executed the joke. <laughs> it's what he did at the White House Correspondence Center. He's trying to embrace this and yes, make it do. a part. You know, sort of point out the elephant in the room, for lack of a better term. But the wet elephant. The wet elephant in the room. <laughs> exactly. Um, whether it works, I don't know because I think Joe Biden is also a part of the problem. If we talk about the problem of Diane Feinstein, Mitch McConnell, and all these elderly politicians. Um, so I
4: think I think one other thing to bear in mind is. Uh, With the Republican Party that is very much under the thrall of Donald Trump Mitch McConnell, when Donald Trump was president Was one of the only things that kept things from going farther off the rails, right? Uh, And in a lot of ways that we know about publicly and that weren't reported on It was Mitch McConnell who was the check on Donald Trump in a way And without him uh, and Trump in charge of the party There's a lot of questions there
1: The 82-year-old who will be the check on Donald Trump if Trump (laughs) is elected Exactly (laughs) Oh boy all right, note for tomorrow. I'll be joined by former Vice President Mike Pence on balance. We'll talk about his bid for the White House, plus reaction to latest comments by former President Trump. There seems to be a new Mike Pence, a slightly tougher, more verbose, more direct Mike Pence. What's up with that tomorrow on News Nation? Just ahead here on the Hill, Tail of the Tape Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk in a cage match. Why on earth are we talking about this when we come back? <laughs>
4: When a cyber thief transfers the title of your home out of your name, it's a race against time to stop the theft of your hard earned equity. So, when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? Find out if you're already a victim at HometitleLock.com. I will never again lose to my brother, decided Issa, because I've switched to consumer cellular. And now I get the same coverage he's got for half the cost. I'm the one who wins. Birds, when freedom calls, we're here to answer.
8: Has your advisor created a portfolio based only on your age and risk tolerance? That's simply not good enough. At Creative Planning, our private wealth managers learn about you first. Don't settle for a standard portfolio. Book your free meeting today at creativeplanning.com.
6: Friday, it's Iowa State Fair time. Rides, food, food. Agriculture and competitions. Morning in America will be in Des Moines, Iowa, to take you to the fair. Friday, 6 5 Central on News Nation.
0: Hmm.
1: Evidently, some billionaire tech titans want to fight each other because they don't have anything better to do with their time or money. In one corner, ex owner and Tesla founder Elon Musk, but I don't think he founded Tesla, I think he bought it. In the other corner, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg. They say they're serious about a cage-match fight for charity. Zuckerberg said, I'm ready today, in response to Musk tweeting that he was lifting weights to prepare. I asked this on the way out to break, and I will pose this question again. Why are we talking about this?
5: I, can I tell you, my 11-year-old was talking about it in the back seat of our car. And I have to, like, give a full disclaimer. But does that car. say more were, about you no, or okay, your so 11-year-old? My son, my son says, um, you know... Elon Musk and uh, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg are going to have a measuring contest. And I was like, what? And so,
4: then and he said, the the he seat said, seat. they
5: oh. said it, mom, they said it. And I was like, you can't say that. And So legitimately, I'm just saying this discourse, billionaires, it's affecting our kids Please stop. It's one of the most
0: blatant displays of toxic masculinity I think I've seen mm. in a while. In a while, it. it, it but no it's, for for it's for charity. It's for charity. Okay, okay, it's for charity. Okay, okay.
6: the no. meanwhile, the founders of TikTok over in China are laughing oh, all the way to the bank. <laughs> and they
5: collect all the scrolls for relevance oh, yeah, over here. But legitimately, X I think this is going to happen. And the problem is, teenage boys or soon-to-be teenage boys—they're all watching it. And I saw when you talked about them being the the best trolls, and you are 100% right. And so we are all going to hear about this, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> if what you're doing as an adult man and involves you having to show the world your nipples uh, <laughs> in a steel cage in somebody's backyard, then what, what's all the money for? Can Besides we go back? What was all the money for? I, I just want to go to back for. to
1: when billionaires went to the south of France for the summer. You didn't have to hear no. from them. Yachts. We all took a break. Yeah, was the, 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 that was just the, chill. I don't right? know if
5: Spicer's still with us, but of course I know no. he knows enough about yachts that you know they could just buy some yachts and go off. Yeah, yeah. America's <laughs> Cup. There you go. Now
1: that we've dispatched with that uh, (laughs) segment, which solved nothing, Elizabeth Vargas reports is nearly 10 minutes away. Tonight, Geraldo Rivera weighing in on Elon Musk's offer to pay the legal fees for users who claim to be treated unfairly by employers over their Twitter accounts. Geraldo with Elizabeth at 6 p.m. Eastern. Coming up, he's trying to go from North Dakota to the White House. Very interesting comments from Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota and presidential candidate when we come back. Cartels trafficking humans
6: into America one by one by one. Ali Bradley has the exclusive border video of the smuggling operations and why Border Patrol can't stop them. Cartels in America tonight on Elizabeth Vargas Reports.
1: All right. We stay on the campaign trail. Republican presidential candidate North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum is at the border today and has qualified to participate in the first GOP primary debate on August 23rd. We spoke to him a little earlier today. Here's what he had to say about whether or not he'd direct the DOJ to investigate the Biden
0: family.
8: The whole needed effort around that is to restore trust in the American people. If you've got over half of America that believes that the justice system is two-tiered, that it's applying the law differently for one party versus another or one family versus another family, if you start eroding that, it's a much bigger issue than, than any individual indictments or any individual investigations.
1: All right, went on to say that he would appoint a special counsel to investigate. The Bidens would not talk about what he would do with Donald Trump. That's all at 7 p.m. Eastern for On Balance. Back now with the panel. It's interesting, Chris, is that he's down at the border, which should be a big issue and a big help, you know, big issue for, for Republicans. And nobody wants to talk to him about it.
4: Well, you wanted to talk to him about it. Um, no, I actually, I didn't. He added it at the end of the interview. He did the, 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 Oh, I've got
1: one more thing. And then did 45 seconds on the North Dakota State Guard that is on the border.
4: Primaries are about disagreement. Not agreement, right? So the Republican Party is unified on the question of immigration. There is not a significant uh, policy dispute on immigration. Uh, You you couldn't go hard enough uh, to get outside of where mainstream Republicans are on border enforcement. It's on issues like abortion, uh, on uh, industrial planning, economic proposals like Ron DeSantis taking flack from the Wall Street Journal about his plan. Those are places where there are policy differences. If you go to the border and you say the border's a mess, I want to crack down on it, you and 11 other people all agree on that. So it's hard to get traction around an issue where everybody agrees.
1: Yeah, I think though, Julia, you, where for Republicans, and maybe the answer is there's not going to be A time to actually have a substantive debate on any issues? Or are we at a point for the debate and you've been covering mm-hmm. the campaigns, that they are that they are preparing to argue for 90 minutes at the Republican presidential debate over whether Donald Trump should be in jail.
0: Yeah, look, I don't know if they're going to, first of all, a lot of it's going to depend on whether Trump shows up or not. Um, if he doesn't show up, I think everyone's going to be go, piling on Ron DeSantis. Now, if this turns, uh, you know, if it, they're piling on Ron DeSantis, I don't think... Do you
1: even Ron need DeSantis to, re, at this point, know. do
4: you need to, at this oh. point, do you need to pile on Ron DeSantis? Ronnie D, come on. If
0: they're, so there's two tiers, right? There's Trump Trump, there's Trump, then there's DeSantis, and then everyone else trying to vie for that second place spot. Mm. That's why you see someone like Vivek Ramaswamy, for example... Kind of cozying up to Trump and a lot of his kind of responses. I know, I know. I know. I'm, I'm hedging entirely. It all, the <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, but uh, Mike.
5: It is, the, now should be the time. I mean, Burgum has money, right? He should be spending money in oh, Iowa, he, oh, he is. in New, Iowa, Hampshire. New Hampshire, and, money. and you know <laughs> okay, uh, California here. is another uh, state I'd spend on. I'm
1: gonna just do a little show prep because yeah. I can. Um, <laughs> and it, uh, Mike, Mike Pence on the program tomorrow night. Thoughts, questions. Ooh.
5: Uh, I am curious when he's going to start separating himself from Trump. I actually think a lot of these... He he, he already has. Well, okay, so he is now, but he needs to, like, fully and completely... Oh, come on. No, that's not fair.
1: is—he separated himself fully and completely...
5: He can say this was illegal, and he should, you know, he has still said we're weaponizing, da-da-da-da-da. He could go the well, Asa both, Hutchinson both, route. Both, the, uh, both can be true. Everyone would consolidate around, like, a Mike Pence if he could get popular enough. I just don't see if that's,
4: it. That's a big <laughs> if. If, if. If somebody invented calorie-free ice cream, it
1: would
5: be very, very popular. That's
4: right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in, in fact, calorie-free
1: ice cream is very popular until you try it. Until you try right, it. Right. Right. Yeah. There that's you go. Alright, right, so Mike Pence tomorrow. Doug Burgum tonight at 7 p.m. Later this week, we'll be in Iowa. Thank you for watching The Hill. Tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern, back here for The Hill. Elizabeth Vargas reports, including that exclusive reporting from Allie Bradley at the border. Don't miss that. It starts right now.
6: Tonight, an exclusive you will
3: only see on News Nation: Ropes, ladders, radios, and drones A smuggling assembly line is taking place at the southern border. Why Border Patrol is struggling to stop it? Then treated.